Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to start in Leviticus 23. Did anybody have to tell you a week in advance, five days in advance, two days in advance, that Valentine's Day was coming? Did anyone have to tell you? Did you wake up on Valentine's Day and not know it was Valentine's Day? Here's, here's the point I'm making. I'm guessing that there are many of you, or some of you, at least a few of you, who don't know what today is. There are congregations with thousands of people in them across the world that don't know what today is. Hag Shavuot Sameach, Happy Pentecost. Today is Shavuot, today's Pentecost. And tragically, Christians all over the world know when it's Valentine's Day and celebrate it and get really happy and excited about it. And if they know about Shavuot, if they know about Pentecost, tragically, we've been robbed to a place where, where we don't get excited about it. And why should we? Well, it's the greatest life-changing, world-changing, cataclysmic event that has happened since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It changed everything in the whole universe. And tragically, when I say we, I mean believers in general, believers in the world today, have become so carnal and so worldly that it's not that important to us. Well, it's big potatoes to God. Now I'm going to get up off the end of your shoes and back up a little bit, all right? And I'm going to ask you, uh, if you have your Bibles, to turn to Leviticus 23. And and I'm just going to read in verse, beginning of verse 15. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed, Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath, then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves of two tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits to the Lord. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull and two rams. They shall be as a burnt offering to the Lord with their grain offering and their drink offerings an aroma made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord. I'm going to skip down to verse 20. The priest shall wave them with bread of the first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord. With the two lambs, they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. So one component of this that I, I want to talk about is this. They would take two loaves of leavened bread. Remember, for Passover, what kind of bread was it? Unleavened bread, right? So for, for the, the Feast of Weeks, for for uh, Pentecost, they would wave two loaves of leavened bread, I believe very possibly uh, bread that is braided. If, has anyone ever seen challah bread? It's like braided, tasty, wonderful bread. There are Jewish traditions that are associated with the Feast of Weeks. So it may very well be that they had this braided bread and they waved it before the Lord. The unleavened bread is a picture of the, of the sinless Messiah, but the leavened braided bread pertained to Jew and Gentile, still with sin in them, but clean and righteous before the Lord. And so the book of Ruth is a tradition uh, to be taught at Pentecost. So in, in, in Ruth 1, 16 and 17, there should be this oneness 
between the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers and a heart. There should be a real heart for the Jewish people. You probably know the story of Ruth the Moabitess, a daughter-in-law of Naomi. Naomi's husband died, Ruth's husband died, and her other daughter-in-law, Orpah, Orpah means stubborn. I'm combining like three messages into one today. All right, so just stay with me. So Orpah, her name means stubborn, and um, she went back to her people and her gods, and Ruth means friend. Ruth is a friend of Naomi. Naomi is a picture of the Jewish people in the nation of Israel. Ruth is a picture of the predominantly Gentile church, or ecclesia, I like better, okay? And so here's what Ruth says to Naomi in Ruth 1, 16 and 17. Entreat me not to leave you, because Ruth said, go back to your people, go back to your people. And, and she says, entreat me not to leave you, or turn back from you, from following after you, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. You see, that's to be our heart today for the Jewish people, because that's God's heart. Yes? And the reason I'm looking at Ruth primarily, it's traditionally read at Pentecost, but it's relevant for the things in this hour and in the midst of the body today. We want to have a heart like Ruth. Let's move over to Acts chapter 2. There are three primary feasts where Jewish people, the Jewish men are commanded, if they're able to come to Jerusalem, to the temple at the time when it was available. And so those three feasts were Passover, Shavuot, and Tabernacles. Mostly Jewish men and some Gentile proselytes who had come into Judaism were here in Acts chapter 2. And the Lord had told his disciples, we see in Acts chapter 1, to go wait for him and that he would endue them with power, the power of the Holy Spirit. So they're waiting. And, and so Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I want to stop there. There's something about unity and truth that is very friendly to the Holy Spirit. Unity without the truth, not so much. That's not really unity. But there's something about unity in Messiah Jesus when the body has unity together. And listen, that doesn't mean everybody has to agree on every jot and tittle of the word. There's places that are real cultic where people, everyone agrees on the same thing. But there's this love of Jesus. There's this love for one another. And there's this love for the truth as we're growing together in grace and in the truth that, that, that is very pleasing to the Holy Spirit. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now, there are folks that say, whatever happened in the Bible then should happen today. I don't know that that's going to happen again. What do you mean? That fire is going to, real fire is going to sit over each one's head. At the same time, there's people that say, that stuff ain't for today. And they can be equally wrong, right? But anyhow, this is a very unique thing is what I'm pointing to. And I think we can make distinctions on on some things that were for that day, but other things that continued. And I believe there's a lot that's for today that we need to get a hold of that took place then, that has been kind of lost and forgotten. Fire. Do you remember when Messiah Jesus told his disciples You'll be baptized with fire. You'll be immersed 
with fire? Well, I'm thinking that when some of them saw this, they went, this is going to get good. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? And, and so, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So this sound in this house apparently drew a multitude, right? But then they heard them speak in their own language. It would appear that they left the house. There's too much of keeping Jesus inside the house today. Did they set out a sign out there that said services at 2 tomorrow? They didn't carpet the upper room and spend a million dollars on it and say, wow, you guys need to get in here and experience this. Did they do that? No, they took it outside. When was the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we're born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites. So they got these people from the Middle East, uh, east of, uh, of, of Israel, um, all over the place. Those dwelling in Mesopotamia, still over in the Middle East, east of Iraq, maybe Turkey, part of where it's Iran today. Judea, uh, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, up into Turkey, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, even into Europe. Um, you got west of, of, of Israel, over into Egypt, but up into Libya. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking their own tongues, the wonderful works of God. Imagine if a very southern, a person from the southern part of America, let's just say Ray Jensen. So let's just say you heard Ray Jensen on fire coming out of a house preaching in perfect Parisian French. What would you think about that? That'd get your attention, wouldn't it? Ray is my perfect example of traditional Texan language. I love it. I love it when he goes to Israel. So anyhow, so that's what it's like. They're hearing these Galileans who, who would not be considered like some from Rome and, and, and those who would be considered these, these uh, highly educated whatever and, 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 the, and these languages that are sought after, right? This is amazing. This, this is truly confusing and gets everybody's attention. They're preaching this Messiah, this resurrected Savior to these Jewish people in their language, and they know this isn't coming from them. This isn't them. It's, it's, it's kind of like when I was, uh, I'll use an analogy. It's not perfect, but I was a drug addict. I was a crazy person, and I had friends who, who knew me then, and then I got radically saved by Jesus, and I ran into one of them, Later, and he went to another one I ran into later, and he said, "Yeah, I saw Bobby, and he had talked to you." And he said, "I saw him, but it wasn't him." And there's a Jesusness about what's going on here that is so off the charts. They were all amazed. It says in verse twelve, and perplexed, saying to one another, "Whatever could this mean?" Others mocking said, "They're full of new wine." Verse fourteen. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, like nine o'clock in the morning. Something's happened to Peter. Peter's gone crazy. And something is happening here. It's the birth of the ecclesia. Those called out of the world 
and set apart for the glory of Messiah Yeshua as the new covenant ecclesia has now been established is being established as the light in this dark sick ugly world but this is what was spoken he says by the prophet Joel Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days by the way this is when the last days begin if someone asks you when did the last days begin you can tell them right here in Acts chapter 2 and it shall come to pass in the last days says God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters hallelujah shall prophesy your young men shall see visions hallelujah your old men shall dream dreams I'm not going to tell you where I fit in there. <laughs> all right? I just want to tell you, I want to do it all. <laughs> all right? I want to do it all. And I'm getting to experience Messiah Jesus. I'm getting to do these things. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they, who does that leave out in the body of Messiah? Men servants and maid servants. That's pretty much everyone, isn't it? And they shall sit around and wait for God to do something. They shall watch Fox News. They shall put their money in, which is a nice thing to do, and sit and wait for the pastor to go tell somebody about Jesus. Is that what it says? No. And they shall prophesy. Hallelujah. I encourage you to blow the dust off of yourself Ask the Lord to shake you up and put Pentecost in you and go prophesy Messiah Jesus to somebody. Don't wait. Haven't you, wouldn't you agree that the Lord has enough people who aren't doing this? Do you think, he, do you think he's elbowing an angel saying, Man, I wish more people would sit around. Man, I, 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 y'all stop. It's too much. Too much sharing of the gospel. There's too much. I think he has enough of those already. I think he has enough lukewarm already. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of... Boy, I'm going to get in trouble with this is on the radio, aren't I? Anyhow, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, these end times things that are speaking of, that is spoken of right here by Joel and quoted by Peter, have, some of these things have not yet happened. Wouldn't you agree? But they didn't know when that was going to happen. It was just the book of Acts. And this thing, this, this new work and this new covenant and this birth of the body is coming to pass. And one place you can get great distinctions between these things is look at Paul. Later on, the Lord gave him all this revelation of end time scenarios that are very important to understand that were not yet understood here. How did that happen? Because Paul was out there preaching the gospel in the nations. Paul was not confused about his calling and more time had gone by and there was this revelation that had come to him and he was out there doing the work. He could handle the revelation of Bible prophecy and and he would teach it in the body. So we begin to learn about how these things are going to unfold. We live in this generation, generation where Bible prophecy is leaping off the pages. Okay, okay, have you run into... Tell me, have you run into someone that said this? I used to believe that about Bible prophecy 40 years ago. But Jesus still hasn't come back yet. Have you heard that? Well, bless your heart. How many years did those prophets prophesy things before they came to pass? 100, 150? Let me ask you a question, sir, ma'am. Was there an Israel then? Why is that a good question? Because when that fig tree blossoms, and Israel's called the fig tree in Joel 1 1 verse 6, when that fig tree blossoms, 
that generation won't pass away until Jesus is sitting on his throne in Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Could that be something to prophesy? Verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Na- Here's our message. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God our Father did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the ter- determined purpose and foreknowledge of God you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. So it looks right here like he's saying that the, 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 the Jews he's talking to were instrumental in the, in the death and burial of Jesus. And that also that God the Father, it was his predetermined plan. That there's, a, there's a group of people who are missing from this list uh, that are in other parts of the Bible that I'm going to tell you. Do you know who else killed Jesus? I did. And you did. And whoever you're going to prophesy to did. Because he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. Whom God raised up. Oh, there's a resurrection. Having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible, hallelujah, that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. So what Peter's getting ready to say is the reason he read that. He's going to tell them why he would say this verse. Quote this verse, prophesy this verse. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried in his tomb, is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, David's body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. See, Jesus is going to come sit on the throne of David, right? Remember blind Bartimaeus? Remember blind Bartimaeus? What did he say? O son of David, have mercy on me, right? Yeah. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning this re- the, the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. So what he's saying, this psalm is written about Jesus, the Lord. This Jesus, God has raised up, hallelujah, of which we are all witnesses. Remember, they couldn't help but speak of the things they'd seen and the things they'd heard, right? We saw him alive. But you know what he said? He said, blessed are those who have believed without seeing who would that be we're blessed we're pentecost blessed but you don't have to be pentecostal to experience and walk in pentecost it's a another expression of being pentecostal you can be pentecostal without being a pentecostal and i love my pentecostal brothers and sisters therefore being exalted to the right hand of god and having received the from the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he, has said, he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. You know how you know Peter has been with Jesus? Because he says and does the stuff Jesus used to do when he was with him on the earth. You remember when some of the Pharisees were giving the Lord a hard time and he answered them and like shut their mouths? And then the Lord was like, well, now it's my turn. What do you think about this? Why did, 
Why did David say, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? How could he be, the Messiah, be the son of David and still be his Lord? Right? Well, well, Peter remembered that and he got that. And now he's preaching that. Guess what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to look at what Jesus said, look how Jesus lived, and we're supposed to go out there and speak that and do that. Do you know why I believe Jesus heals today? Because he heals today. And you know why I believe that we should go out and be an agent of healing today? Because he sent people by to me who were agents of healing for me. I've been comforted by the Lord and by people who have been comforted by the Lord. Why? So I can be fat and happy? No, so I can go out and comfort other people with the comfort with which I was comforted. Amen? Why? Because that's what King Jesus did. That's what our Lord Jesus did. Amen? Therefore, I'm in verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that Abba, God, has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, people take this verse, down through the years people have taken this verse, and I, don't, I think they use a different motive than the Lord has for it. Because the, the, we're going to see just a moment the, the motive that the Holy Spirit is working through Peter to tell these Jewish people, you crucified Jesus, you did this. Because what's happened is, is down through the centuries, in the name of Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, people who profess to be his followers have killed Jews for killing Jesus. And that makes my job real hard in Israel. But, but look at the real purpose of telling them of their sin. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And see, that's what the Lord does. That's what, when, he, when, he, when we talk about people's sin, he wants us to see them repent. He wants to see them get saved by Jesus, right? And by the way, with the Jewish people here in Acts 2, they really were involved with it. Their descendants down through the generations wouldn't be. It's horribly unfair and evil for, for the way people who say they believe in Jesus have treated our people. But anyhow, he's preaching to them to see them get saved. And look at the mercy of God here. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. By the way, we see plenty of other places where, you don't, where people who haven't been baptized... The, the, the thief on the cross and, and there's other places that show us it's all by grace not by water baptism that we're saved and this verse is used to, to try to prove that you have to be baptized to go to heaven um, verse 39 for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call I, I, this is so wonderful uh, in verse 39 uh, does anybody here have a prodigal well you have a promise I would stand on it Hallelujah. I'm, I'm thankful both my kids are with the Lord. But if they weren't, I'd be looking at this and standing on it. Amen? This promise you said, Lord, is for me and my children. And then he talks about something crazy. The Gentiles were those who were far off. The Jews were, the Jewish people by uh, their tradition were, we're the ones who are near to God. His program is to those who are far off. As many as the Lord our God will call them. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. 
give to Watch Therefore, and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, watchtherefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.